So record. We're gonna call this Leo Grandy. Leo Grand. All right then. So Jojo, is we ready for Rio? I think so. All right then. Let's do this. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is the absolutely fantastic uh, Jojo. Hello, Jojo. How did you do, Graham? Jojo, I know the how did you how did you was coming. I'm doing fine. Good. Doing fine. I'm doing fine, fine, fine. Is that uh, Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones? Is that fine, fine, fine. I'm glad to hear that, partner. <laughs> partner. How partner. you doing, Jojo? I'm doing alright. So, um, how did you do to you, Jojo, as usual? And today we are here to review a movie. We haven't done a, mo- a movie in a while, have we? No. We've we done haven't. a couple of series so. and We've stuff, done a few right? Series, yeah. 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 So, uh, a movie is quite appropriate uh, this weekend because, oh, this week, because we didn't want to do, we don't want to talk too much, do we? <laughs> We're just, yeah, I'm just, just saying. Yeah, do yeah. We? <laughs> That must, that must be it. Yeah, that works. <laughs> That's got to be it, right? <laughs> no, but we will we will talk, you know, the necessary uh, about this movie. It's called Good Luck to You, Leo Grant. It is on Hulu and it is starring Dame Edna. Edna, you called her, right? <laughs> I did call her Edna. I should have never edited that. I should have just <laughs> left it right there. Edna Thompson. Right? Oh, God. Yes. And uh, Darren McCormick is the the young bloke that, that plays the other half. Mm-hmm. So I suppose I should I should start by asking you, Jojo, what do you think of this movie? But before we do that, then I have to move on to the part that uh, is always fabulous to talk about because, yeah, you'll be enjoying yourself watching some good stuff, right? <laughs> yeah? So, Jojo, what did you watch last week? So last week I binged season four of Stranger Things on Netflix. So, yeah, so there, anybody who's listened to the show knows that I am a Stranger Things fan. I had a, a rocky couple seasons there, but this one so far was really, really good. The reason I say so far is because they've only released, they haven't released all the episodes yet. They're kind of doing a little bit of a cliffhanger thing, I think, to try to draw as many people back as they possibly can. <laughs> but I think we're going to get the end of it in August. So it is the last season, which is which is kind of sad, but it'll be good to see how they leave everybody and... You know, who's going to be coming back and who's going to stay dead and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's it's it was it was a fantastic series. It's 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 so well produced and so visually impressive. And the original creators finally came back and did some writing. <laughs> so this they, t- season, they took your backseat for a moment. Yeah. 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 For a while there, they were kind of like, oh, let's just roll around in our money. <laughs> And then, and then they were like, okay, we'll, we'll come back to work. No, I actually have no idea what they were doing, but probably that. That's what I would do. They, yeah, so it's it's been a good season. I've enjoyed it. Um, there's been some fun little twists that were, I mean, there's a twist I think that everybody saw coming, which is not what I'm talking about. So there's some there's some other stuff going on that is that is fun. So, yeah. 
It's a good series. Right. So, so how many episodes did they did they release for this first half of the finale? It's. I think I watched eight. It was either seven or eight. It kind of blends together when you're binging. <laughs> because <laughs> it just rolls yeah. through you know and, yeah that's true and i wasn't really keeping track of it until i realized i hadn't realized when i started it that it was ending on a cliffhanger and then coming back in july but if it weren't for the internet and the fact that i knew it, i wouldn't get to experience stuff from my own lens but through somebody else's if i got spoiled by it so i uh i went ahead and watched it but yeah so i think it's i think it's eight episodes and they're about an hour long each or sometimes over an hour long. So it's an investment for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stranger Things, as, as I told you last week, I have no idea what goes on on Stranger Things because I've never watched the show. My son does watch it. And uh, I don't know, for some reason, 80s stuff are coming back. Like, you know. Super popular right now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially people who shop at like used clothes, whatever, which apparently is a thing for environmental purposes and stuff. You'd be like, the hell is he wearing? And then you're like, oh, okay, they're one of those people. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, that's cool. That's cool, man. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not shitting on people who do that. But is there, you know, re-wearing shit that other people have worn that I don't know how I feel about that. Do you know what I mean? But like... <laughs> If you can do it, more power to you and shit. But, you know, people's dead skin kind of grows the fuck out of me. <laughs> there's the dead and there's the skin part. You know what I mean? Like, so. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do, I can, I can do secondhand clothing. But it, it, there's like, I have, I have certain things I won't do. I ain't doing underwear. <laughs> oh, hell no. I'm not doing socks. I don't do shoes. Mm -mm. And I don't do uh, pajamas. But like jeans or shirts and stuff like that, if it's something I can wash in hot water and wash it yeah. really well, then I'm fine with it. You know, I mean, I'm just, I, I do it all the time, but, but I do have like certain things I will not do. Because my thought is, unless it's in a package in a store, it's been tried on by somebody. So it's already got some dead skin on it when it's brand new. Yeah, that is true. Now I've just switched Graham out forever. Graham, Graham's going to stop wearing clothes. <laughs> yeah. i will stop buying around. clothes. Why is he butt naked? Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't. But yeah, no, absolutely. You, you, you're right. Things come fresh out of the store, and you'd be like, "Yeah, this is brand new. No, wash that shit, man. Mm -hmm. you're, we're gonna wash this, mm -hmm. and then you know we're gonna like if it's a shirt, I put on my strongest on the shirt first, and then pew, like you know, I've worn shit that are like brand new, and then. You know, after one or two wash, even after one or two wash, they still get like a bit of like curry odor coming out as soon as you sweat. And I'm like, okay, I'm never wearing these again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you I, know. I had a pair of pants that I bought brand new that I, I washed them, I think, four times. And every time I pulled them out of the dryer, I'm like, what is this smell? I ended up, I ended up tossing them. I'm like, I'm not even donating them because... And they were brand new. This is not from a thrift store. This is oh, not from a, a junk store. This is a brand new pair Damn. of pants. And I'm like, I do not know what, to, I don't know what happened in those pants. I don't even know what they were made out of. I mean, it said polyester, but it might have possibly just been woven shit. I don't know. Woven shit. <laughs> woven shit sounds like a thing, though. 
<laughs> you know what? Like, I got to you, you know what we're talking about, the Stranger Things, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's what we started talking about. So we're I don't still know, talking about it. Never know how we get to where we get. Like, this is nonsense. Did your son enjoy the season of Stranger Things? Uh, I've not said. talked to the boy about that yet. Okay. Because, as I told you, he spent the last weekend in Miami. That's a very He came back on place. Monday. Yeah, man. The, I think for the first time in about eight years, he posts something on Instagram. Oh, wow. Because, you know, these little motherfuckers use Instagram for chatting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so his attire, you know, in, in Miami was like quite chic 80s and shit and i'm like this is only good thing he's some kind of like miami vice or some shit yeah you know what i mean yeah so yeah but yeah no so we we've not talked about that and in terms of what did i watch last week mm-hmm. it, it's nothing other than you know binge watching love island i was gonna say yeah. more love island <laughs> I, yeah Watching Love Island, man, and you this season when is, you talk about it. <laughs> dude, it's just the drama is absolutely fantastic. And it sounds like, again, I'm not being facetious when I say that for me, it's more about studying. It's, it's an anthropologic uh, uh, study, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. because there are things that these people, because of the need to mate or to get themselves a, to find somebody our behaviors we don't take a moment to, to think about it a lot but our behaviors are pretty much primal I really 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 primal like there are some rituals that we perform that we think of them as very human mm-hmm. but when you detain when you detain and, and watch that behavior in comparison to what, I don't know, primates do. It's like, we're doing the same thing. The only thing that, the only difference is that we can talk. It's really that. We can talk and we have reason. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But other than that, it is absolutely, like, the way these guys behave when there's a new dude in town, like, they bring you a new, a bombshell, a male, and he's going to have to, craft all the girls and shit and decide who he's going to pick. And these niggas get all panicky and shit. And it's an amazing thing. And also, it is it it confirms by all kinds of mileage that women are so much smarter than niggas, man. It's just <laughs> oh women, women are a machine in terms of, like, seriously, <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck came up with the idea that oh, women are, man, shut up. <laughs> women, women sh- should be always in charge, I'm telling you. Because there's no, like, you should you should watch it. You should, if you watch it from that perspective, you'll see what I'm saying, man. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I haven't watched anything. So there's that. So we move on, Jojo. Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Right, so uh, today we are discussing the movie Good Luck to You, Rio, uh, Leo Grant. Uh, I was going to say Rio Grant. We're going to go straight to Texas. Uh, <laughs> Please, let's not go to Texas. Nobody wants to go yeah, to Texas. I don't want to if you listen Texas. to us in Texas, I know my niece uh, actually listens to us from Texas. Oh, we don't want to go there. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Good luck to you, Leo Grant. Is a movie on Hulu. It's a searchlight movie, so of course it makes sense that it's on Hulu, and it is starring Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormick, and it is a movie. Of a cast of five, if I'm if I'm counted, if I have my count right, a cast of five and what two locations, Georgia? Yeah, 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 yeah. Two locations. Two, two locations and a cast of five, but it's one of the most fabulous movies. And the thing about this movie is that it sounds, the way it's talked about, it sounds that there's a lot of of freaky deaky nudity going around and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just turns out to be one of the most beautiful drama slash comedy that you've ever seen. Right, Jojo? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So with that said, I believe you are absolutely ready to give us a synopsis of what this movie is about. <laughs> I think you are. I, think I, know. <laughs> I will do my best. Oh, yeah. So Emma Thompson plays a, a woman who is a widow. She's been a widow for about two years. She's kind of a stuck-up lady, English lady, and very self-possessed, very the kind of woman that, you know, I don't know, older than a Karen type, type personality is what she puts across to begin with. Not a particularly likable character, but she ends up hiring for whatever reason, a sex worker to give her essentially what she's never had, which is sex with someone other than her husband. And so at that point, I think the film kind of falls in victim of some of its marketing because I think, because I certainly fell victim to its marketing because it really makes you think that it's just, you know, Emma Thompson naked constantly, but it's, it's not about that. It's, it's really more like a play. There's really, it's a very small cast, mostly just the two main characters, and it is about what sex actually is and what it means to humans. And it's it's a really, really interesting movie that I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it before. That's right. It's an interesting movie, and there's very few like it, because this is where I thought about it a lot but I was while I was watching it, and it... I personally have had conversations with people who are escort or known as uh, sex workers. And I've been told by, by folks like that, that, that sometimes the work they do is sort of like a therapy session, if you will. There are people that they, clients that they go with that only want to have dinner and just a conversation. There are clients that only want to just be naked in the same room and watch TV with, with another person. And that I've, I've spoken and I've read, of course, about escorts who say 65, 70% of the time, my work is not about sex. And I'm like, yeah, that's a way of glamorizing the whole thing and blah, 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 you know. And the fact of the matter is, when you are told that, you should believe it. Because this movie is a window into that dynamic 
that hiring an escort, hiring a sex worker, to a certain extent, all of the stigma that comes with it is just because people want to be scandalized by it. But there really isn't anything to it, as long, of course, it is, you know, two willing adults doing that. And also, it takes away from the whole idea that anybody who is a sex worker is somehow doing it against their will, or they're being forced, or they're being trafficked, or they should feel demeaned. And it's crazy because I remember as a younger person reading about porn stars who said, I strictly got into this thing because I like having sex, <laughs> you know? And I was like, nah, there's no way, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no way, just because of that, you know? But the, the more I, I grew up, the more mature I became, I sort of started to understand this. And for me, I think people who have trouble understanding how the whole dynamic of sex work, especially in the world of escort, works, you should watch this movie because you're going to learn a lot. And it is almost literally a therapy session. <laughs> and it's amazing because the character of... Emma Thompson did not know what she was getting into. Mm. And it fell on the shoulders of Leo Grant to sort of figure out what she wanted and give that to her. And at the end of the day, although it was a question of, I would like to have sex with somebody else other than the husband that I had for 30 years, at the end of the day, it was more than that. It was more about, I would like to connect with somebody which I've never done ever. Yeah. Am I right or am I wrong here? No, you're completely right. Because she, one of the things I, I, I really enjoy about this movie is that she's not a particularly likable character, honestly. But I like that because, you know, who is likable all the time? And, you know, and we always run across, you know, people like her in life. But it's interesting to see, you know, when she talks about her children and the fact that she has this fantasy sort of of what she could have been if she hadn't had children. And it's, it's kind of like she blames the emptiness of her life on everyone but herself. Because she always right. talks about, you know, her husband's performance in bed. She doesn't talk about the fact that she ever tried or asked for anything different. And then she talks about, you know, her children bring her down and are a disappointment to her. But at the same time, she's never really put forward that she ever tried to connect with any of them. So, you know... She's she's kind of like shifts the blame of all of the failure in her life to other people and her connection with Leo Grand Grant the fact that she makes a connection with him for the first time I think in her life that she's ever connected with anyone really is astounding to her and I think that's why she does the search for him yeah. to try to find out who he quote unquote really is and because I think that was her waspy way of legitimizing the relationship because she was right. like, well I, well, I thought we could turn this into a friendship. We could get coffee. And he's like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works, <laughs> you know, which, and if you think about this in terms of, of, of therapy, you know, of seeing a therapist to talk about your problems and connect with them, you're not going to see your therapist outside of a therapy session for coffee, you know, you're, nope. <laughs> and nope. you know, you're not going to, they're not even going to acknowledge you on the street when they see you, if they're following the rules like they should. So 
I think that she, as you said, was completely confused as to what this was going to turn into and didn't understand. She didn't understand what amazing things she was going to get out of it. Yes. And the character also, who, by the way, went uh, by the name of, what was it? Something Stokes? Nancy. Uh, Nancy Stokes. The, the character not only is not particularly likable, but part of her problem is her fear of intimacy because people who are afraid of intimacy is not necessarily because they're cold, but it is because when you become intimate, you, you are not in control. And... And control is more important to a person like Nancy Stokes. And I'm not saying that, you know, when I say control, we tend to think, oh, she's a control freak. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that some people have to be in control of their acts, of everything they do, of all of their emotion. That's where the planning come from. That's where the diarying come from. That's where, do, do you know what I mean? And because she is consistently in control of everything that happens, she doesn't realize that she has made of herself a boring person. Mm -hmm. So anyone who is not at her level is either boring or too much of a libertine, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is the way she classifies her, her children. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't realize that the 30 years that she spent next to the husband that she didn't seem to even love is because she found in him somebody exactly like her. Yeah. And so meeting Leo Grant was a revelation for her in every way, shape, or form. But at the same time, I am marveled, I'm happy to see that Leo Grant was the first time, the first person perhaps ever to exert boundaries with Nancy Stokes. Yes. That like, listen yes. to me, listen to me. You are not going to be the center of anything. You pay, we do this. After here, there is nothing. You are nothing. And she couldn't, she couldn't accept that. She wouldn't accept that. Yeah. And this to me, it is, is the fundamental part of what people in society fail to understand about paying for a service. I've, <laughs> I've always have this mentioned, and I heard the very first person I ever heard saying this was a general manager, my mentor, if you will, at one of the resorts that I worked back in the day. I remember there were a couple complaining about something I said uh, on stage. The general manager just looked at them and said, this is about customer service, not customer servant. And I'm like, he's fucking literally lecturing them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the part that stayed with me was, it is about customer service. Service is not servitude. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Correct. And so, so people in society, especially in developed countries, tend to act towards servers as if they were servants. As if I'm paying money, I own you for the next hour. And this is what he says to you. No, 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 no. You don't own, the, you, no, no, no. You are paying for my service. Let's get this absolutely straight. Mm 
So you do not have the right to disrespect me or my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I fucking love that. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that was, I feel like that is a great insight into her character too. The fact that the first time she tried anything outside of her marriage was to wait until her husband died and then hire someone because she felt like she, in my opinion, she felt like she could then completely control the situation. If I hire a sex worker, then I will be able to tell him exactly how this is going to go. Right. And I am going to feel this way and he's going to feel that way. And, it's, you know, she had the, she had the list. She literally had a yeah. list. But yeah. I think in her head, too, she had a list. This is the way it's going to go. And I think, just as you said, she got taught the lesson of just because you've paid for a service doesn't mean you get to go outside the boundaries of what the service is. And um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And it was incredibly presumptuous of her to assume that he would want to, to see her outside of, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, no, that's not the way this works. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like the lesson here is, you know, we tend to think that people, especially sex workers, don't have power, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that they are defenseless and at the mercy of whatever clients say. And I think this is, again, a very nice glance window into people who actually do the escorting work and in the way they approach it. It's, it's as a professional and with the same rules and boundaries of a, of a therapist, as you said, you wouldn't. Your therapist would like, hey, man, fancy a cup of coffee outside. No, no. Man, I don't know you. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Outside of my office, I do not know you. Yeah, Outside of the hour that. you pay me for, I do not know you. <laughs> yeah, man. That, that's exactly right. And there's nothing demeaning about that. That's the most important thing. Yeah. There is nothing demeaning about that. Yeah. And... Which brings me to the legality issue of sex work. To be honest with you, I am still puzzled every time I have to think about the fact that uh, sex work is illegal in most places. Except for the French legalized sex work and criminalized pimphood. Okay. And I, I, I'm perfectly okay with that. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that anybody should, any, anybody should work for somebody, <laughs> like for the benefit of somebody. Fuck that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when the work is about providing services with your body. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. that is fucking slavery. Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so for me... If law enforcement dedicated all their energy energy in chasing down fucking pimps and doing away with them, why not? Sex work should be and must be legal because at the end of the day, it is a justifiable, for me, in my view, it is a justifiable thing. And it's the one thing that has been there forever and it will never go away. No matter what, no yeah. matter what. That's, that's, I think, a great, I, I hate to say argument for, but a, a great reason for it to be legal. 
because it's never going to go away. You're never going to eradicate sex work. <laughs> Just like you're, you know, it's, it's what all you are doing is making it more dangerous for the people who do the work and making it more dangerous for the people who ask for the services or pay for the services. If it's something that is legal and can be regulated or, or, or you know, some sort of, if it's something that can be done, like, uh, like, like if you were seeing a therapist, right? Okay. So you're seeing, yes. you're seeing a regular therapist. There are laws and rules and regulations that the therapist has to follow so that you can go to them and safely tell them about whatever happened to you. So apply the same thing to sex work. And again, it should be, <laughs> children should absolutely never be involved. It should always be people who are right. of consenting age of consenting abilities mental abilities you know that that sort of thing that should be obvious but i still feel that i need to say that but as as you know and and maybe (laughs) shit i don't know maybe you go to school and and get a license to become a sex worker that's that's fine too i mean maybe that proves that you you've had a background check and you aren't in this so that you are you know hurting people who you're taking advantage of people and the other way around too, so that your clients know that somebody who's going to a therapist knows if I make an appointment with a therapist, they have my name, they have my address, they have my phone number. (laughs) If this therapist disappears during this session, they're going to know who was booked with them. So, so it's kind of a two way street there. I'm not sure that any of that made sense. No, but I I understand. In, In fact, I absolutely agree with the notion of, getting a license for that. And the reason being is because if you think about it, if you look at, and, and this must be the work of some good research on the part of the scriptwriter, because some of the things that took place there are, to a certain extent, regulatory. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, the dude in the bathroom of the gas gas station or some shit. Is that so? Uh, but but in terms of ex- escorting, there are some etiquettes that you see are being followed here. If you notice that consent is never violated in, in their interaction, mm-hmm. even though you are expecting me, you open the door. May I come in? <laughs> even though I know what we're supposed to be doing, might I do this? Can I do this? Can I do that? Just so I mean. And yes, those are those are rules, and those rules exist. And trust me, if you hire an escort and you violate th- those rules, you will never be able to hire this person again. And it may sound like, oh, Graham has had experience. <laughs> no, that's not. It's not. That's not the case. I'm just telling you because I've had open, frank conversation with people who have done the work of escort. And yes. There are etiquettes, there is, there are rules, and why not, you know, democratize those rules? Why not officialize those rules? Why not let people legitimize their work if they are willing to go by those rules and obtain a license that says, yeah, I do this for a living and you can't really treat me, you know, like some kind of trash because I do this. Fuck you! I have a license to do this, so yeah. that's that to me is absolutely fantastic. And I know this movie is not going to to be the message for that, but I'm just saying it it opens up this conversation real well. Yeah, and I think that 
in the conversation between Nancy and Leo, you really see that you see him helping her destigmatize sex itself because she she honestly has a big stigma about it. Oh yeah. She's got lots of hang ups that don't really aren't fully explored in the movie because that would take hours. But yeah. the the when he's talking to her and he's explaining to her why he does what he does you know, and she, he's, the actor is fabulous, by the way, too. Yes. And he's yeah. explaining, you know, the reach, helping someone to achieve pleasure and understand more about themselves and more about their bodies and how rewarding that is for him. And you could just see the epiphany on her face, like, oh my gosh, this isn't just, you know, yeah. this isn't just fuck street or whatever this is this this man genuinely takes this as therapy this is his job this is what he does because he enjoys doing it but also because he loves his job (laughs) yes 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 And, and and we're not naive to think that you know, oh, this is how it always goes oh of course no no we're not we're not stupid so, because sometimes, you know, people just hear a snippet of a conversation and think that's what, you know, do you guys really believe? No. What we are saying is that it could be well that way. And in the world of of real escort and, you know, the people that really are doing this because they enjoy doing it, they set up those, those boundaries and they are capable of those conversations and they are capable of helping, you know, individuals find themselves sexually and and in other ways. So why not just remove the stigma off of it? As Leo said, some people just enjoy the secrecy. Yeah, they get off on that. And so you have people that if it became totally illegal, they will always find a way to find the, the illegal arm of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, if you think about it, for instance, smoking cigarettes is a perfectly legal thing here and everywhere. But yet there's, there are people that find a way to make buying cigarettes you know, an illegal thing. Why? Because they'll get it from some Indian reservation and <laughs> to, to an, into another state and blah, blah, blah. And all of that, at the end of the day, breaks some law. Do you know what I mean? They always, because some people like the non-legal arm or branch of some things, even when it is perfectly legal. But that's no reason to argue against making something that is not as scandalous legal, for me at least. There's a lot of conversation about nudity in this movie. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, the nudity is not even that. Uh, what should I say? Uh, I mean... It's not gratuitous. It's, yeah. It, it's not... Like, I mean, if you expecting Game of Thrones kind of nudity or HBO <laughs> shows kind of nudity, that's not what you get here. Yeah. And... One of the things I'm fascinated about this is I, I heard an interview with Emma Thompson where she talks about she had never gotten so much clothes off of her on anything, you know, in her profession. And the director of this movie really wanted Emma to be the one to play this role. And what do you think she did? Before rolling, before starting anything, they were doing readings at a theater 
and she herself, Emma, and the actor, she sat with them and got naked and had about a two-hour conversation about being naked. You know, just sat on the stage naked. Okay, here it is. (laughs) And I find this to be fascinating because... You know you know the one who's going to be in front of the camera, but you have the responsibility to tell somebody, get, you know, take your clothes off. Yeah. So lead by example. Yeah. If it really isn't, if it's nothing. Right. As you would like the actor to believe. Right. You and know, you do, I mean, it. do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what she did. And I found that to be absolutely fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's somebody who's uh, got a good insight into into human psyche, which, you know, yes. of course they did because yes. they, they wrote this. So, yeah. All right. And so there isn't much more to say about this movie other than you should probably watch it if you just, I think you're absolutely right. This movie is like a play. This movie could be a play. Yeah. And it is, it's a powerful movie. The the topic of, of sex, the topic of sex work, escorting, the topic of family, uh, and, you know, the way the judgment that comes from you are my family and I expect more of you. Mm-hmm. This is this this is another this is another piece here that we see in that even though he was trying his best, there were part of the conversations with between Leo and Nancy that actually were triggering to Leo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, as you said, because Nancy is not a particularly likable person. And what makes her not very likable is the fact that she is incredibly judgmental. And if you thought she was judgmental towards the world, let you hear what she has to say about her children. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And that was triggering to Leo. You know, but he he managed, man, and he uh, he he championed the whole moment. So he was it was he's an act. He's a, he's a consummated actor. Yeah. That kid. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. And it's uh I think, you know, I know we're going to talk about the cast and we won't, you know, have a whole lot to talk about because it's not a huge cast. But I think that really speaks because, of course, Emma Thompson, when she's going to be on her game and she's coming to this, she's going to be fantastic. But I could see it being extremely difficult for anybody playing opposite her to not be incredibly intimidated one or two, be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to one up. Could have one up yeah. Emma Thompson, you know. I'm going to come yeah. here with with yeah. ego and 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 be. But they play off of each other extremely well, and yes. they're they're the the chemistry is there because this could be this could be a terrible movie with bit with oh, bad yeah. acting. With bad acting, this would be a terrible movie. Even though it's so yes. well written, with bad acting, it would be a terrible movie. But oh, there's yeah. two incredibly strong leads here, and they play each play off of each other extremely well for a movie that is you know, about sex and kind of been marketed as essentially an hour and a half of, of people screwing each other. It, it's, it's actually just more dialogue heavy than it is. Anything. Yes. 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 And this is what I figured out the first five minutes and I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be a great movie. Yeah. The awkwardness every time it, there was one, 
it was part of the conversation and not part of the acting or, yeah. or part of the of what was taking place. And so this is this is the perfect movie, the, the perfect script um, and the perfect set of actors to be to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Darren McCormack, I don't know, I detected he he's is he Irish? Yeah. He definitely he's had a, an accent. Incredibly Irish, especially my dude here. When he say things that have the AR in it, he, you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he so was. That was funny. We most recently saw him in The Wheel of Time. So. The Wheel of Time. The Wheel of Time, yes. Yeah, because Christine was asking me, well, we've seen this actor before. Where have we seen it? I'm like, eh, I don't know. But yes, now now it makes perfect sense, you know. Yeah. That's that's my dude, and uh, Isabella Loughland as Becky. Becky had a very small part, but she was funny as hell, man. She's, <laughs> Becky she's was the very... one that wouldn't go away. <laughs> oh my god! And I I I loved the fact that in this movie, just from one short exchange between her and Emma Thompson, you could just all of the. Emma Thompson's character, I should say, of Nancy. All of the the snobbishness and the classism that is still there with yeah. the with the yeah. well, I must not have done a very good job because you're working here. Yes. <laughs> and yes. she meant it. Like that wasn't yeah. meant to be ironic or even I don't think hurtful. She was just like, Oh, there's yeah. my legacy. And the girl's like, yeah. excuse me? Fuck you very much. <laughs> yes, yes. Because the thing is that, you know, the character of Nancy Stokes is one of those people who always say what they think and aren't very charming unless they're dead. Do you know what I mean? These are the people that you talk about after they're dying, like, oh, man, she will tell you exactly what she's thinking. And now it's funny because mm-hmm. she's dead. Mm-hmm. But in real life, it's a fucking hurtful asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, I must not have done it. Well, you were fucking teaching religious studies or whatever fuck off yep. what the hell do you think your classes are gonna do for anybody yep and again for making that. it all about herself as in there goes my legacy not yeah oh that girl is working here because i did a poor job anyway but i thought yeah. it was funny and i i enjoyed uh the the come <laughs> the comeback <laughs> when becky was like do you know what she had us do <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic it's like now i'm going to fucking embarrass you, you mm-hmm. know? And but we could see a sliver of a sliver of change coming up, right? Like th- there was sort of like a catharsis in in Nancy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that a eureka moment, if you will. I think that that interaction with with Becky, that interaction with Becky, was kind of there to show us when she kind of had her her realization of. Oh my God, I am the asshole. Like all these years I have been mm. the asshole. I've been blaming everybody else all this time, but, and I've always been the, the, the victim of my own story, not the hero of my yeah. own story, but I've always been the victim of my own story. But I, I, I'm actually the asshole in this person's story. I am the bad guy in their story. And I think that <laughs> that was, I think that was kind of part of what led to the next encounter or the continuation of the encounter with Leo and I think it was her really fully understanding more of what he had actually given her. Yes, yes. This is this is how this movie 
becomes a, a work of art, to be honest with you, because it it goes into corners and crevices of the human psyche that we don't see visited every day, Mm-mm. especially in movies. And it does it all with dialogue without the actors having to do anything that is, you know, completely awful or demeaning. So that, to me, is the essence of a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's the essence of a great play, and it was directed by Sophie Hyde. Uh, the The screenplay was by Katie Brandt, and I hope Katie Brandt wins something for because the screenplay was fabulous, fabulous. There's like near perfect. I I can't see. I can't find any fault in it. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. All right then. George, I believe we should call it a day, innit? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. We're going to tell people where to find us. Jojo, where can they find you on Instagram? And as whom and how and when? I am on Instagram. I'm only on Instagram. I am KNS co-host, at KNS and co-host. That's KNS co-host for you right there. And her name is Jojo. She was a podcast girl. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You will find me on Instagram and on Twitter as Mr. Putzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. And also, you will find me on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. If you do find me on Facebook, I kind of curse a bit. So you're going to have to keep up. I'm really, really a him out on Facebook. So, you know, I'm telling you that. I tell people to go fuck off and shit like all the time. So, you know. Um, but yeah, also on kicking and streaming podcast.com, you will find all of our content. Everything we've ever done is there. You will find a window to our YouTube channel on YouTube. We've got a, we've got a catalog right now. We are building a catalog and it's growing. And every month we put a new list out of everything that will be streaming for the next month and the sweet voice of Jojo is what keeps it going. <laughs> so. Dulcet tones. Yes. Don't forget to uh, check us out on YouTube at Kicking and Streaming Podcast. And for today, we are going to call it a day. We hope you watched this movie, like it, and if you do, just tell us what you thought. Right, Jojo? Exactly. Tell us what you thought about it. Tell us what you thought of our take on it. Yes, ma'am. And then for now, we are going to call it a day. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you've found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.